I just keep hearing this, so just receive it for yourself because I believe it's for everybody. I believe each and every one of us are on the brink of changes in our life that are God-ordained changes. And this is a period of transition. Do not let what has defined you define you still. But let me paint a new picture. A picture of how I see you. There's no change without change. There's new, no new walk without abandoning the old. And he has change for every person here. A God-inspired change. And it's not going to look like what things used to look like. And the tendency of the flesh is fear. Because the flesh wants to control the future, control conditions. But you fight control with trust. So, Father, I thank you right now. Everybody, just lift your hands for one more second. Father, I ask you for grace, grace, grace to help in time of need. That the things that are coming in each and every one of our lives and the transition that you have planned for us into more of you, more of our calling, everything that's good. We can't go into something new without leaving something old behind. So, Father, I thank you for grace, grace and strength to receive the changes that are coming even now in our personal, our professional, our ministerial lives. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for creating a flexibility in our intellect, a flexibility in our soul to be able to see with fresh eyes what you have for us. I thank you for anointing that combats rigidity in our thinking and is open to every possibility that you see, Father. I'd ask you just to repeat this after me. Father God, I receive grace and strength to help me in this time to be able to hear, understand, and obey every instruction, every redefining, every new vision that you're giving me of my future, of my calling, of my identity. I receive grace and strength not to stumble, 
but to run into these new things, these transition periods that you have set up for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you that you help us. We purpose to help ourselves by keeping in touch with your Holy Spirit. We're going to yield to you and give you everything we need. But I do thank you that your mind is clarity. Your mind is not confusion. That you provide every necessary answer to obey you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Praise you, Father. That was wonderful. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Kids, your time is here. You get to go downstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to make a pop. <laughs> Channel 12. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Well, I am excited for this evening. I'm excited because I get to listen. <laughs> and I'm sure this won't be the fir the last time, but it is the first time that I get to introduce my lovely wife. She is going to be sharing the word with us this evening. And she has a lot to share. So uh, would you please all welcome Natalie. Thank you. Babe. Well, I am just so honored to get to share tonight. Um, so glad to see all you here. Everybody watching on Facebook Live, hello. We're glad you're with us as well. Um, tonight, um, even though it's my first time, I'm not the least bit nervous. <laughs> I was like, hmm, get to come up here and share instead of being down the nursery with a bunch of kids? Yes, this is vacation for me. <laughs> anyway, um, I would like to talk to you guys tonight about what to do when you see no change in what you're believing for. Um, I'd like us to turn to James. James chapter 1, verse 22. I'm sure most of you can quote this. Um, on a side note, I'm going to be reading just a little bit out of this. I don't know if you guys know who Rick Renner is, but he wrote a um, everyday devotional that really goes in deep into the word, and I love his commentary in the word. He is um, just Holy Spirit-led, so much revelation in what he writes, and um, if you like to have a devotional. This is not a uh, let's all think happy thoughts today devotional. It's very um, in your face in a good, good way. And this hit me right between the eyes the other day and I was reading it. And I just wanted to read some out of this. Um, let's go ahead and read the verse that we'll be talking about tonight. Um, James 1.22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And we'll read more into that. But I'd like you to read 
um, or listen as I read, what he's talking about, um, how that was culturally for the folks there. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read, so uh, listen up. It says, there is one primary reason why people get spiritually bored. It's very simple. Knowledge without application eventually becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. If all you do is sit and listen and listen and listen to the word without ever taking steps to apply it to your life, you'll soon reach a place where you've heard and heard so much of the word that you are sick of hearing it. Instead of anticipating what you might receive from the Lord, you'll think, oh no, another sermon, another time of reading the word. But the problem is not the word of God. God's word was meant to be acted on. So if you just sit and listen to more sermons, gathering more information, but never acting on what you've heard, you'll eventually become so oversaturated you won't want to hear any more. If this describes you, it's likely that you're tired of hearing the same old word over and over again. I've read this verse over and over again. Um, and I love how he brings this part out of it. Um, it says, you probably wish someone would come along to preach or teach you something that you've never heard before. You might even find yourself roaming from church to church, seeking someone or something to spice up your spiritual life. However, the problem is not the church, your pastor, or the kind of preaching you're hearing. The problem is you. You are bored because you are not doing the word that you have heard preached. Let me tell you the truth. If you will simply do what you have already been told to do, you will not have time to be bored. Applying the word you already know will necessitate that you have a serious prayer life. It will require great discipline. It will demand that you learn to crucify your flesh. In fact, walking in the kind of obedience that God expects of you will take every ounce of your focus. You'll be so busy trying to obey what you've heard preached that you'll never have a moment to be bored. This is why James 1.22 tells us, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Notice especially the words hearers only in the verse above. These words are taken from the Greek akrotes, which was used in classical Greek to describe people who audited a class rather than taking it for credit. In other words, these people didn't intend the class to receive credit for the course. They were simply there to hear the lecture, think about what was taught, and then later discuss it with their friends. But they had no intention of actually applying what they heard. In addition to being intellectually stimulating, these lectures could be quite entertaining. So these hearers only would roam from meeting to meeting because the excitement of hearing something they hadn't heard before. Sometimes they followed their favorite speakers from city to city. Although the hearers only had no intention of applying anything they heard, they loved to gather new information that made them look knowledgeable in the eyes of other people. It was their delight to attend meetings in order to be with the crowd, to have a good laugh, or simply to hear something new but they never put any action to what they heard because they were hearers only. They weren't listening to the message they heard to get credit, but simply to have a good time. This means that James 1.22 conveys this idea. Don't be like those who attend meetings and listen to sermon for the sole purpose of being with the crowd or gathering information that, looks, that makes them look smart in other people's eyes. 
Since this is the background to the phrase hearers only, we must take a good look at ourselves and ask, am I serious about the word in this application to my life? Uh, don't let this happen to you. Make the decision to be a doer of the word and not hear only. Receive deep into your heart the truths you've heard preached over the years and let them begin to work in your life. And I love how he, he brought that out because I have to get rid of this. It's huge. Okay. Um, I just, I love how he brought out the idea of auditing a class instead of taking it to actually become a part of your living, working life. And I've heard this scripture so many times in my life, and it's always a scary scripture to me because he clearly says that you can deceive your own self. And the people who are deceived, that's the thing. They don't know they're deceived. And so you can be going about your life really truly believing that you're doing the word when in fact you're here only. And so I'm just going to give you a little bit of my testimony of how God had to kind of reawaken me to be a doer and not just to hear only. And it's been a very uncomfortable experience sometimes because I have been taught the word ever since I was born <laughs> from good parents who loved God, who knew the word. And I have heard so much truth in my life, and so have everyone here. I mean, you're coming to this church because you love truth, and you love the meat of the word. And we are some of the most accountable people on earth because we have heard the truth of the word. And not only that, but we see a path to get more of God. And you don't know how much of the church doesn't even see a path to get closer to God. And so I was with the Lord a couple months ago just talking and kind of getting frustrated because there were some things I was believing for in my physical body that I have not seen healed yet. And ever so gently, he made me look back in one of my notebooks um, that I write down what I hear from the Lord. And ahem, this is from 2017. It is, what's number six? Is that June? Yes, it was in June, and there was three instructions he gave me, and the Lord kind of nudged me and was like, how about you read those instructions again and see if you've been a doer of the word? <laughs> so I read it, and I was like, oh. that is why, and I think I'll read these out loud. It's, it's personal to me. Obviously, this might not be instructions to your life, but I have been confessing for healing over certain areas in my body. So the first instruction was, use the time that you would watch shows in the evening, and instead, let that input be what he would say about healing in your life, which would be um, just reading the word, which would be listening to messages from pastors I respect who are just putting truth in my life. Number two, Tell your body no more often when it comes to sugar. Number three, that's pretty self-explanatory. Number three, start with a half hour of time devoted to confessing healing truths over my body every day. Have I done all this? No. 
And there would be seasons where I would get disciplined about attacking one of these things, and I would do it and I would do it. But all three of these things for a consistent, consistent period of time, I have not done it. And so when I was kind of complaining, honestly, to the Lord about some things that I want to see come to pass, it was like this gentle reminder. It's like you have been deceiving yourself because when you ask him for something and you listen, he will give you a path to get there. He doesn't just expect you to figure things out while he sits back and is like, woohoo, you almost got it. You, you almost got it. He'll come. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. He'll be like, you need to do this and this and this, and that will spell out your victory. Let's do it. And it's our job to be a doer, not just to hear. And so a couple of things, I have tackled these things in my life, and I have come strides, and Richard can attest to some of these things. I have made those steps, but when you have a urgency inside of you to see his will in your life, to see these truths and these promises come to pass, there's going to be a discipline that comes out of that that requires you to, number one, always put down your flesh and obey what he's asking you to do. And so I had just had to kind of reevaluate how I was approaching these um, promises from the Lord, because James is talking about, after we read that scripture about hearing and not doing, it's like, it's like a man who looks at his face in the mirror, and then right away, he walks away, and he forgets, and in my mind, (laughs) if you can keep your face in front of that reflection, which is the word of God, which is the truth of what he says about you, it's the person of Christ that we're supposed to be looking at, and there are so many opportunities today to walk away. If you have a phone in your hand, if you have a TV in your house, if you have friends, <laughs> if you have a family, there is an overwhelming amount of opportunity to just walk away and forget who you are, forget what you look like. And so as I was kind of meditating on these instructions, I realized um, that he was directing these three to the three parts of me. It was like, turn the shows off at night and listen to truth. And that's here. It's in my mind. Because typically, if you're watching, and it doesn't have to be bad shows. It can be just informational shows. We like documentaries. I like cooking shows, whatever. But there is an element of just watching reality that comes through. And that imprints on your mind that things are how they are they'll always be this way the world is you know going to pot and there's nothing you can do about it there's just an overwhelming amount of stuff that's an input and when you just turn it off and you switch it out to truth it starts to retrain your mind to what he has said so that was the first thing was my soul and then the second thing is tell your body no to sugar well that's physical that's dealing with your flesh That's dealing with things that you just tell yourself you want, but the Lord's like, no, I know better. Let's just say no to that. Let's practice some self-control here. And and that is an area that I have worked on. And 
And then the third one was just speaking truth, and that's dealing with your spirit, man. That's allowing your inner man to speak out who you already have been made to be. And so God's pretty smart. He was giving me three instructions to deal with all three parts of me that need to come in line with his will. And this is the path to my victory. This is my personal path to victory. And so there doesn't need to be the discouragement and the frustration. I can have confidence when I come before him that I am obeying what he has told me to do, that I'm being a doer of the word. And as I walk down that path, that that path is going to lead to victory. It's not going to lead to defeat. He will not give me instructions that lead to defeat. And so there's a rest that comes when you have something to put an anchor on and to start walking in. And um, so that is part of what he has been showing me about this James 1.22. And um, I think every single one of us are believing for something in our lives. I think we're all walking towards a goal. It can be healing. It can be a change in what you're doing. It can be a lost loved one. So many things that we're believing for. And so I just want to encourage you tonight to change the input and the output in your life. To get with God and ask for a very specific plan because he is so willing to give you a path to victory. He wants that for your life. And so when you start to change the input in your life, and like I said, there's so much of this inflow from the world. Don't be surprised if there's some pretty drastic instructions to cut that out because I believe every believer is going to have to start just tuning out the world, <laughs> quite honestly, because it's going to be turning a ship that's already been heading this way in our culture, and so many people have been sucked along with it, and it's like you have to start turning that rudder to believe what he said we're supposed to be walking in as the church, and there's almost no evidence of that in our country. So if we're all kind of walking with culture here, it's like, how much more do we have to shut off culture in our life and turn it and just immerse ourselves in truth, what he is saying we're supposed to be walking in? And I don't know if some of you guys were here for that little skit I did with the youth about the scales in your heart, but that's just something he's been impressing in my heart over and over and over again. It's like, what you're inputting, you're going to output. God's not mocked. What you sow, you're going to reap. So if you're sowing five minutes a day listening to truth, speaking truth, and you've got 12 hours of just allowing filth, and it doesn't have to be, like, I think people get the idea as, like, watching X-rated movies and this and that. Obviously, stop that. But, like, the idea of just allowing the world to dictate reality to you. It's going to have to be so much more of us making a battle plan to immerse ourselves in the reality that God says that we're supposed to be walking in. And so I just want to encourage you guys to start asking him for that personalized path to your victory. And don't deceive yourselves in just hearing it. Be a doer. Put that instruction everywhere. You can see it. And check yourself. Am I actually doing this? And it's going to be, my personality is not one of discipline. 
And I'm not confessing that. Maybe I should say it differently. <clears throat> Richard is a very disciplined person, and I look up to that. Because I'm the one who likes to go with the flow, see how the day goes. I like every day to look different. He likes every day to look the same. And so it's a good mix because you got to have some spontaneity. But the path to growth is a lot of discipline. <laughs> Lots. And that's always been something I've had to grow in. And so a quote that has helped me so much, and if I could remember who said it, I'd give them credit. Maybe you'll know. But the quote says that your discipline will feed your desire, but then your desire will feed your discipline. And that's always stuck with me because it's always this idea of, well, I don't feel like doing that. I, I feel like worshiping instead of confessing the word. I love to worship. I can just sit there and have all the feels. But God's like, no, you need to practice speaking the word. I'm like, but God. And this is like the discipline part of me is like, well, I really feel like doing this. And God's like, no, we're going to discipline you in this area. How about you do this today? And so, and he's such a gentleman about it. Like, you'd wish he'd almost be like, hey, do this. But he's not. He's like, would you please do this? And I'm like, oh, you're asking so nice. I don't really want to do it like that, you know. <laughs> so I've had to learn to discipline myself, and it's a, it's a good practice to kind of check on the instructions that you've had in your life and to make sure you're being disciplined about them. And it's something that he is asking me to grow up in. And I think, like Richard was giving that word, I really believe that there is a big transition this year for so many of us to see things that we've been believing for. But like he also said, there's no change without change. There's going to be a greater accountability for each of us to listen and obey quicker than we have been doing. And this is speaking to myself. And so I think it's going to be a wonderful year of seeing victories in our lives but I think it's going to be a year of greater discipline in our lives, of being doers and not hearers only. I felt like the Lord wanted me to read this prophecy, and I hope it's not cheating to be reading this much, but whatever, it's my first time preaching. Um, it's a prophecy that came a year ago, and um, it's from a ministry that we trust, and this prophecy has changed how I see myself. It has changed how I approach the Lord when I'm believing for things. And it has so much hope and so much, it requires so much of you. And so I type this up into a first-person confession, and I have that here for every one of you. But I'm just going to read the original prophecy. And I want you just to close your eyes, and I want you to listen like this is God speaking to you right now. And just let this really go down deep into your spirit and take root. Because this is what he is saying to every one of you. Um, it says, many of my children are putting up with things that they should not. They are putting up with things that they do not have to. For many are putting up with circumstances that they do not have to. They are putting up with symptoms that they do not have to. They are putting up with things that the enemy has sent, 
and circumstances that the enemy has sent that they do not have to. For did I not say to think on those things that are pure? Dwell on those things that are of a good report. Think on those things that are pure and honest and true and of a good report. Think on my word, but not only think on my word, put my word in your mouth. Come over to my side in its victory. Live from my place of victory. Speak what you already have. Use your words. Use your words. Use your words to go to war in this hour against that which stands in your way. For many have not taken the tools that I have given them, and they have put up with things that have plagued their life, and they have not had to. For I say, come away with me and speak what I am speaking. Say what I am saying. Speak victory. Speak life. Speak my truth. For I only know victory, and I only know life, and I only know truth. Think on those things. Fill your being with those things that are victory. Call those things which I have said in my word as though they are, because I believe that they are so. So let them fill your being. Let them become a part of you. Let them become who you are. Fill your mouth with what I have said. Go to war in this hour. For many are struggling with lack, and they have let it run their life, and I have not given it permission to. But you have let it run your life. Come against it. Go to war with it. Use my word. Use the authority that I have given you. Stand on what I have said. Open your mouth and fight. Declare what I have said about you. For I have provided all things that you need to win and victory through the standing of my son. I'm going to read that again. For I have provided all things that you need to win and victory through the standing of my son. So let your mind be convinced that this is true. Dwell on these things that I have said. Get them in you. Let them flow out of you. Speak to the mountain. Listen to me. The symptoms that have come have come, but they don't have to stay. Symptoms are temporary, but my word is truth. That which I have said is truth. Have I not borne your sicknesses and carried your pains? Will you not bless me and forget not all the benefits that I have provided for you in covenant with my son? I have forgiven your iniquities. I have healed your diseases. Speak what I have said. Go to war in this hour. Do not let lack stay, for there is no lack where I live, so why should there be lack where you live? The symptoms that have come against your body, I say, take authority over them and stand. And though it looks like they don't change, stand, because my word cannot fail. And when you give yourself to me and the things that I have said and speak them over and over and over, it moves you into a place to receive that which I have already done. So stand. Use your mouth as an offensive weapon. Stand. Do not sit there and stay silent. Stand. Speak. Fight. Go to war in this hour. Do not let that which the enemy has brought continually bring destruction. For behold, didn't I say, I have given you all the power over the power of the enemy. Why do not my children exercise this right? He has no right to take, steal, and kill. No right. I have paid for the right 
for him to be under your feet. Stand on my word. Square your shoulders. Be filled with what I have said. Let it possess you to where it is all you think, because my word cannot fail. And the symptoms that have come, you will see them dissipate as quickly as they appeared, because they are not true. My word is true. Do not put up with that which you don't have to. Come where I am, and I am in victory. Man, when you say that, when you speak that, you can't help but see yourself differently. You can't help but be infused with some strength. Um, I believe that's all he wanted me to share tonight, and I wanted you to go with that truth. And I have all of these typed up with in first-person confessions because when I read that, I was like, I can't just let that stay there. I have to speak this out. That was so impactful to me and as I speak that I have added that to my confession it just brings a different way of looking at yourself it brings a confidence that he would speak this personally to his body and it is a path to sure victory in our life so you're welcome to grab some of those I'm just going to close out in prayer tonight and um, I'm just going to ask that the Lord show us what we need to be doing Father, I thank you so much for what you're accomplishing in every one of our lives tonight. Father, I thank you that there is a calling that is coming to fruition in all of our lives. I thank you for the hunger that is in our hearts to see what you have for us, to go as deep as we can into you, Father. So, Lord, I pray that every person here and every person listening has a personal plan that is tailored to their needs that they can receive from you, that they are able to hear, write it down, and walk it out every day. And Lord, I pray for a new strength, a new resolve, a renewed vigor to just immerse ourselves in what you say is possible what you say about us, Father. And I thank you, God, that we will see prayers answered, that we will see victory in areas that have shouted at us for years that we can't win. Father, I pray right now that there is a tenacity to never, never stop pressing into you, God. We love you, Father. We worship you. We give you glory and honor for everything that you have done, Father. Thank you, God. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Rich, do you want to come close out? Praise God. Did you guys get anything out of that? I did. And uh, I'm glad she's my wife. She helps keep me on track, even when my, my mouth doesn't go, goes on the wrong track, you know. But um, I was reminded of this, and I know you, I know you don't remember it. Um, but it's just how the Holy Ghost works things together. Last week, 
was on the authority of your spoken word. Remember that message we did last week on Thursday? And we talked about how your words have power, your words have authority, what you say. And, and now it's just the application, you know. Make, uh, it's amazing how, like she said, how inconsistent you can be and think you're being, in being consistent, you know. But um, I've used, and I try and keep a mirror in front of me. And I use this app on my phone. It, all it is is a little, uh, a little stopwatch that measures time, but it has a label on it what you're doing, you know. And I have one for a lot of different things. And, and it forces me to come to terms with, well, hey, what am I actually spending my time on, you know. And, and it's amazing if you actually do that. It keeps you in front and, and see what you're doing with your time and how you're stewarding it. So it's such a true thing. And I, I just want to add my testimony and we'll, we'll dismiss. But um, I know, see, in the kingdom of God, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you can believe for. See, it's about what you can have faith for, you know. And, and, and Jesus never presumed to know what it was people wanted. Blind man come up and he'd say, what can I do for you? <laughs> you know? And so when you approach God, it's based on your relationship with him. What can you trust him for? You know? And don't, don't shoot for the moon if you don't feel like you can go to the moon. You know? But shoot for, look, I'm looking for this. I'd like to receive this. And uh, I can remember, I, I know that, you know, when I'm a little bit heavier, my back tends to hurt a little bit more. And, and after every Sunday, I would come, I'd come sit down and, and my back would be hurting. And it would just get worse and worse and worse. And one, there was one Sunday, I don't do it every Sunday, but one Sunday I got so fed up. Everybody say fed up. <laughs> I got so fed up with it. And we went to Grinnell as a family. I still remember we went to Grinnell. We went out to eat, and it got worse and worse and worse. This was after church, and it got worse and worse. And I got so fed up with it, I wasn't going to stay silent anymore. I was so tired of it. And it's like it got to that point in my heart, and time to talk to this thing, you know. And I was just, every, every step I took, I'm healed in Jesus' name. This has got to go. This has got to go. And the, I'm telling you, that pain would always linger. It would linger into the night. It would linger into the, uh, the evening, and, and, and then I'd have to sleep it off, you know. And I can still remember walking through that grocery store saying, I'm not putting up with this. You get out. You get out. I'm taking authority. You get out. I stopped begging God, and I started using the authority. You get out. And I can remember that step where it just left without explanation, without any kind of, you know, just, okay, here we go. Not It was gone the rest of the day. Was I in the best shape? No, I was not. <laughs> Was I eating right? No, I did not. But I believed what I was saying, and I received it. Amen.